0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we slowly move towards the midway point of the transfer window It's been a quiet day in Glasgow With no confirmed news yet on the likes of Cho Gui Sung or Todd Cantwell Hearts have been busy though They're closing in on two more new recruits And Ange Postacoglu is warning against a false sense of security When Celtic take on Kilmarnock in the League Cup semi-final Tonight for company you have Simon Donnelly And the freshly appointed Queen of the South manager We're used to seeing him with his Livingston tracksuit surgically attached when he comes in here <laughs> but we're delighted to say he's got some new gear and a new job congratulations yeah no cheers I had to give the Livy stuff back that's why I've not got it on today but um, no it's been a busy few days like you said um, obviously getting appointed um, I kind of knew on Friday um, said goodbye to the boys on Saturday and then Sunday I was into the new job so no it's been really really good you can hear by my voice is a bit croaky a bit of shouting but no I'm enjoying it thoroughly enjoying it and Simon are honoured should we a be week, a week in football the left not... last week I was wishing him all the best at the weekend as number two Livingston and now he's the man in the hot seat but he's still here he's not turned his back on he us yet not, no not yet but off to a winning start last night as well so Absolutely. can't ask for it as soon as we lose I'm gone I'm not coming on <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't get too many Queen of the South fans on so you're, you're, be all right. you're quite fortunate um we're obviously not that close though, Simon, because he didn't crack a light to us last week, did he? This came he as a surprise to me. Him as we, but I think it's it's came out oh, of the blue. So he says. So he says, yeah. You but try to tell me you knew nothing about that last Wednesday. Genuinely, knew nothing. No the first chance. time I knew about it was the Friday. Yep, the Friday they asked for permission to speak to me. Went down and spoke to them um, because we weren't training until the evening before going to Ross County, and I was offered the job. Yeah, when I got in my car. I feel nothing I was about <laughs> feeling a bit offended all weekend to be honest but there we are if you've got any thoughts you want to pass on your congratulations your advice to Marvin Bartley and even more interestingly have we got any Queen of the South fans out there what a challenge that would be 01419511025 get your calls in and you can tweet at Clyde SSB but look we there are there are no let ups here you're still going to be, have to be sharp at it we're analysing Celtic Rangers Top flight, you're gonna need. You're gonna be able to spread yourself that thin. Oh, 100 percent. You know, I would never turn my back on the top flight. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll know what I need to know, Gordon. You can trust me in that. Good. I like the sound of it. Get I'm your just, thoughts. I'm just in looking then. at the fixtures. He's up at Montrose next there. It's a long journey that, and then Peter Head. It's a journey and a half. I can't wait. I think the big question is though, what what are you doing staffing wise? Because we have placed you alongside some of the sharpest footballing minds <laughs> in the game on this show, Simon. Simon's man, of, man of many coaching jobs I hate to break this to you right And he'll be listening fresh from his knee surgery I think Gordon DL Does genuinely expect you to pick up the phone But he can't so, do it because he's got a sore knee as you said And he doesn't know someone, your name Yeah exactly He called me Martin the last time I worked um, with him They just kept calling you the big guy next to me to, to get around it So is that a stumbling block because he doesn't know your name Yeah exactly but if he did maybe Oh, 100% if he did. Former Man City player, of course, you just can't buy that yep. type of experience. Obviously, you know a lot of people from Man City get some loans in. Hugh, maybe like a sort of team lady, football? M- motivational speaker, yeah. something like that. It would predict your own team to lose every week. Yeah, exactly. And then um, uh, get it wrong. That'd be fine. I think we could put together quite a backroom team. What from about here. you? No, nah, I'm happy where I am. No, I Oh, listen to him, Simon. <laughs> Getting rid of us, but he's happy where he is. <laughs> anyway, 0141951. 1025 Remember a bit of a blank slate tonight right Because like I said I, I would be honest I was hoping for a bit of a busier day On the Glasgow transfer front Nothing 
immediate in terms of uh, Cho who we spoke about last night Todd Cantwell are they going to happen is it going to be a bit of a waiting game so you can get your, your general thoughts in it for something else if you're using this quiet period in the week to uh, to think about something different Celtic fans maybe one for you we're going to hear from I- Iwata your new um, signing confirming as far as he's concerned he's here to play in midfield so my question to you would be how do you see him fitting in to the Celtic team is he just absolutely a supporting cast to Callum McGregor could you see them both being used is it going to be sort of game dependent can you see things reshuffling change of shape change of midfield whatever it may be how do you see Iwata being used how do you see him fitting in to the Celtic team we're going to hear from him we're also going to hear something from uh, Michael Beale. I think it was actually at the weekend but I'm, I'm just interested in going forward because he obviously changed the goalkeeper and, and he's been sticking up a bit for John McLaughlin I wonder how you want to see the goalkeeping position utilised between now and the end of the season would you rather just rotate those two would you pick one of those two would you actually pick Robbie McCrory would you go against what Michael Beale's already said uh, and try and sign someone this January let us know 01419511025 let's kick off then with Neil who's a Rangers fan uh, on the line How, how are you tonight Neil are you well? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks very much uh, Hope you're all good Not bad, I mean, especially Marvin This guy, <laughs> he's got a spring in his step He's got a new job He's, he's here he, he is, he's, he's, I must admit though I, I was interested to see what you would go for In the old, uh, you know, like the unveiling picture cause It's like the most important picture The, the scarf above You went for you went nice polo neck Yeah, keep what, it simple what was, yeah. what was your trackside attire? It will be tracksuit track Yeah, no suit, tracksuit no? no, I need to kick every ball, Gordon might get the boots okay. back on I'm still young enough mate Because there's probably a joke in there about Polonex still being in fashion from the first time round <laughs> in Dumfries but I don't want to upset anyone <laughs> so I wouldn't possibly Don't go there um, Anyway Neil sorry I've, I've totally distracted you what's your point tonight? Uh, so, no, first of all I just wanted to congratulate Marvin uh, Queen of the South will actually be a good a good learning curve for him and I, I don't Don the suit Martin, uh, Marvin That's where everyone should be I think managers Should have a bit of respect And Don the suit Yes but He's I'll, put you pressure know. on you Because you're going tracks it <laughs> Can we not tell you Our budget's not big enough For me Is to get a seat Gordon no. No. I think it'll serve him good For obviously His dream roles Getting the, the hips role So if he does well Between <laughs> the south And they continue The way they're going It'll be Next summer he'll be looking for players for Hibs <laughs> uh, No offence Queen of the South fans if you're listening One game into the job And being uh, moved on <laughs> <laughs> Just out of curiosity Very polite of Neil to phone up and open his call with that Why why was now the right time and why was that the right club? Um, it, it was the right time for me um, Because I you know, I felt I had enough experience under my belt And kind of in the first team environment um, You know, It wasn't the, the first club that I'd been offered the job But it, like you said it felt right I think their ambitions aligned with mine they want to develop young players. I think it's something that is missing maybe in Scottish football. You have a club like that that's willing to give young boys a chance. It means a lot of coaching for me, um, and that's what I want to do. I think that's where I'm best suited. So, yeah, everything kind of aligned, as I said, you know, and now it's trying to get a conveyor belt of bringing in young players, giving them the opportunity, and then moving them on. Skipped over that quite quickly, but I heard it. So you have had other managerial offers before? Yeah, yeah, it's not my first one um, that up I've here? had. Yeah, up here, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the other ones didn't feel the right fit. And the, to be honest, the first one I didn't feel ready for. I, I thought it was too early, you know. There's no need for me to rush in anything I do. Um, some people might say 36, maybe you're still too young to do it, but no, it definitely feels right this time and you know I'm ready to get on with I it. I would never call you young, I must admit. <laughs> uh, right, Neil, you've got the polite bit out of the way. I know you felt obliged to do that. What else is on your mind from your own team's perspective? 
Uh, well, I've Montin suspect that I had a couple of points on the goalkeeping situation for Camel, but I was actually wanting to talk about the referees as well. And over the last two weeks, three weeks, we've really gave our referees a hard time. When I was watching some of the England games over the weekend, FA Cup and Sheffield Wednesday really noticed to me because I went through to be a, a, a assistant referee as well. And the complacency that I think they've they've allowed Bar to take over is there was two blatant offside goals and not one of them was given. I think they've, they're reliant too much on VAR and I think with those big mistakes in the, the FA Cup, it's, we, we maybe should just chill out on our referees a wee bit and allow them to, to get on, considering that our referees are part-time. Um, I don't think the standard's too bad compared to what they are in England as well. Well, I must admit, Neil, I'm, I'm verging on speechless because in the long and proud history of this show, we just very rarely get any sort of defence uh, for... <laughs> For referees, what do you make of that, Marvin Neal's Basically, watching other leagues, watching other competitions, and, and sort of saying, do you know what? They, they make mistakes as well. That that might not make it okay, but maybe a bit of perspective needed. Yeah, Neil makes a lot of valid points. And I saw the goal he's talking about. I said there was two in the game. I saw the Bruno one uh, for Newcastle. That you know he was offside. But as Neil said, you know maybe assistant referees are so reliant now to know that VAR will save them. So which is really weird in the FA Cup. It's a Premier League team at home. Then VARs used. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday aren't in the Premier League, so don't have it. But I don't, I, I don't think it helps in terms of you know sharpening their tools kind of thing because you almost think, well, if I got this one wrong in the Premier League, then it's going to be pulled back. So I think Neil makes a lot of valid points. And I've said it all along, you know, the referees are doing the best they possibly can. It's a difficult job at the best of times. And also, you know, they are part-time. So, you know, I think we do need to cut them a little bit of slack. Um, I've been the first to shout at referees, but it is a, such a difficult job in all seriousness. And, you know, they are doing it to the best of their ability. I mean, so, I mean, they're probably, it's just about finding that line, I guess. Like, see... The- since the dawn of time, they're there to be criticised almost. The, the, the discussion's there to provide debates for us and, and football fans. It is an absolute... It's part of the fabric of of the game. I suppose all Neil's calling for is just perspective, maybe. Yeah, but I think, unfortunately, up here... Uh, you talk about the English game. Un- unfortunately, up here, there's the the magnified... You know, you're, you're concentrating on every little thing, especially Rangers and Celtic yep. in the game last week. And the handball, was it a handball, was it not a handball... And it just gets magnified even more, I think, in our, our country. Uh, I think it's a difficult job. You know, I tried to referee games and, <laughs> and training. Bad enough and to it, train, it isn't hard, it? Yeah. It was really hard. You know, you were getting stick from every angle. And I watched my kids playing and their referees get stick. So it's, it's a difficult job. Uh, and, and to go back to England, I watched, was it Wolves-Liverpool? <laughs> yeah. Wolves scored yeah. <laughs> what looked to me like a perfect winner. And then it was the old Motherwell with the camera that didn't quite catch it or, or the, the viewer in the corner, see. yeah. And and the the Wills manager scratching his head. So we're always going to have this, but it is it's a difficult job. Well, do you know what, Neil? We've had a pretty quiet day so far on the referee in front. I've not seen many people complaining yet. Maybe we'll get back to normal service at the weekend. Um, what else are you thinking? We're in fact, do you know what? Whilst you're on the line, I'll play this clip uh, from Michael Beal, Neil, because I know you had sort of thoughts on this as well. Um, this was him talking about the goalkeeping situation, having rotated them, given John McLaughlin uh, a bit more of a chance. This year, the narrative around John's a poor narrative. And in my time at the club previously and since I've been back, John's record per game and 
wins and clean sheets absolutely outstanding. He made quite a high-profile mistake, but I don't think you should condemn him. And it's important that I keep John focused and feeling like he's wanted and loved around here because he is. Alan obviously came out a few weeks ago at Ross County for John to go in, and I, and I just feel that uh, I just had a hunch that this week or in the in the build-up looking at this month that I wanted John to play this game and he's played it and we've won and I think now hopefully some of the fuss can go away you know we win with Alan we win with John that's a good sign It was quite interesting stuff Neil at the weekend how do you what do you want to see from that goalkeeping department between now and the end of the season how do you want to see them used I think all rounds play generally John McLaughlin's a better goalkeeper than Alan McGregor he's, he's all round play Alan McGregor's by far a superior shot stopper. There is no doubt in that. Um, but I look at John McLaughlin, 35, um, Alan McGregor, this is his last season. So I do think that he does need to allow time for McCrory as well. I'm not saying give him the jersey now until the end of the season, but he does need to test him. And then we can assess, are we needing to recruit a goalkeeper in the summer? Is Ross McCrory going to be good enough to be an understudy to John McLaughlin, who possibly could be number one next season? Uh, that, that's that's where my thoughts are. We need to test him to see if he's suitable, and if not, then we need to move him on. He's 24 now. That's when Alan McGregor broke into the Rangers team when he was 24. It's time to assess and see if we need to recruit or if we've got suitable cover there. What did you make of those Comments, Marvin. It's quite a strong defence, if you like, of of a John McLaughlin. Cause it was, in, you know, Michael. He introduced this theory. He said the narrative around John's been a poor one. Fair, fair enough, but you know, he's the one that's sort of brought that up and and um, maybe sticking up for the player a bit. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you know, John's obviously been dealing with this probably privately. So Michael thought it was you know the right time to bring it out publicly and let let, let people know. Listen, we see the criticism of him, but. Now he's kept a clean sheet and we've won the game, as he said there, and we've won with him in goal. You know, hopefully that can, that can go away. I think that's good management. You know, I think sometimes players lose a lot of confidence, especially goalkeepers, because normally an error from them results in a goal. You know, as he also said, he made a high-profile one, but you know, now his last game is him keeping a clean sheet, and they are probably looking forward to next season as well because Alan McGregor can't play on forever. We all know that, and uh, you know, as Neil said there, you know, probably in the summer they need to really put in John as number one and probably Robbie as number two. Or they get rid of John and Allen and they bring in a new number one. So I think he's testing the water now. The last four games, it's, was it gone McLaughlin? Albeit, I think there was an illness there, but McLaughlin, McGregor, McGregor, back to McLaughlin. And listen to those comments, Simon. It sounds like he wants to give both a chance. Neil wants to see Robbie McCrory given a chance. A three way rotation, that doesn't sound. No, but it's an interesting doable, one. It's, it? it's, it's the only position, really, in a football team that, you know, doesn't get shared about. Gen- yeah. Generally, you know, it's it's one of these ones. But Michael Bale there's made it known that he, he rates both his goalkeepers. Uh, I listened to his comments before the game at Tannadice. He highlighted set plays. It was really interesting to me because I, I then think if I'm Alan McGregor sitting there, you know, does he not rate, rate me coming for mm-hmm. for balls or corners? So he obviously sees different things in both keepers. But it is it's, it's the only position in the starting eleven that generally you know one guy takes. Whereas we don't think anything of a midfielder getting changed or a striker getting switched up. So maybe it's not a big thing, but he seems to like it. He seems to, he wants both keepers to feel as if they're involved. But as Neil quite rightly says there, the, the, the lad McCrory, we touched on it in last week's show, 23 24, I think you said. So he's not entirely that young uh, and he needs game time. But, you know, 
Rangers are still what, nine points behind. They're still having to win every game. They've got a semi final at the weekend. They have to win that. Are these games that you're going to risk putting McCrory in? So I think mm. I think it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. It's a big one at the weekend for them. How, do you, how and when do you fit Robbie McCrory in, Neil, if you're as complimentary about John McLaughlin as Michael Beale was and obviously Alan McGregor's Alan McGregor? Can you see all three playing between now and the end of the season? No, not obviously not all three. I think he needs to make a decision on McGregor and realise that he's, unfortunately, as, as much as I love him, he's no longer he's no longer got to be in mind and contention because the future is now important. The future's important for Rangers and the future's important for Beal. Um, this is his first real, real proper management role outside QPR, obviously for the short term. But that's, he's got to now look at the future. We're at a stage now that the league is probably beyond us. So we've got to look towards the future. We've got to look to the next season and the season after that. Um, and I think maybe that's where they might need to look at dropping McGregor. Uh, as much as I love the guy. But Marvin Bartley's just jotting down Alan <laughs> McGregor for QOS question mark. Sell the club to pay his wages. You said you were at them firmland when yeah. Alan McGregor yes. went on loan there to, yeah. before he kick-started his Rangers career when when Robbie McCrory was at Livingston Marvin how does that work when it's a young player on loan are you just always focused on the job in hand at Livingston were there ever any discussions about where he saw himself in the, the Rangers picture no he was as I said before you know he's an ultimate professional and, and all he cared about at that moment in time was doing his best for Livingston and you know as I said you know he's an ultimate pro he did everything right in the gym he was you know one of the best for people to look up to to be fair to Robbie, he made a mistake at Livingston um, and he showed a real strong mentality to bounce back from that straight away. You know, many young players will go out on loan or play for their actual team and, and make a mistake and it will almost affect them. It didn't affect him. You know, he got a, a hard time at, at times as well uh, from a section of the fans, but he dealt with it. And I think he'll be all the better for that, you know, that, that loan spell. But I do think maybe he will go out on loan again this month to the end of the season just to get that game time into him. While you have got Alan McGregor at the club, with John as well you know, those two can rotate for the number one at Rangers and he can go out so and play games uh, Neil it's a waiting game this transfer window are you a patient Rangers fan or are you one that's checking every morning to see if there's any any updates any incomings well I check every morning but I'm patient um, because the signings have to be right we, we need to look towards the future and I'm quite glad he said he's getting away from the loan market because James Sands hasn't worked for us and the see the, the, the free market the free market's actually worked really well for Rangers in the past and players that we can bring in with the, the boss man from England because England club, English clubs can't speak to them um, so in the terms of like Todd Campbell unfortunately he's found himself a bit wavered in the last season but you go two seasons ago he was, he was frightening in, in the Premier League and maybe Rangers is a club that can give him that bit of, bit of love and a bit of boost 50,000 fans and winning games it can it can spur him back on uh, Tom Davis a, a left-sided centre midfielder it's, it's players like that strong players that I'm quite happy that we're looking at and we can get these guys on a boss man ruling as well and if we get Alfred if he leaves this summer that's 35,000 we can put back into the wage bill so I think be patient and find the right players for the right value and have, um, all with that. Yeah, it's talk at the moment, Marvin. Um, but the English market is, is, is an interesting one. Neil mentions it. 
There's a, that sort of loophole there Celtic fans will remember You get Moussa Dembele for half a million mm-hmm. He was clearly worth more than that In terms of, of a player But get him for half a million Some people say yeah But if you go to the English market The player generally come with higher wage demands But it does look like that's where Rangers are going to look If you look at the names mentioned Yeah and like you said It kind of evens itself out Because the quality of player you're getting uh, For a minimal fee and, and you know Let's be honest A lot of those players will come up here And be looking at the next step after this You know they get to play for a big club in the meantime, but he said like the likes of Dembele and maybe Aribo the same. They come up here, they get some football, play for a massive football club. So Todd Cantwell, for me as a player, as Neil said, he kind of he has lost his way. But there's no doubt how talented that player is, you know. But he just needs to probably find a new home. He needs a fresh challenge to reignite his career. And you know, if that's to be at Rangers, then you know I'm sure the fans will enjoy watching him. All right, thank you very much, Neil. That was Neil and Cumbernaldo one four one nine five one one zero two five. Get your calls in, get your tweets in. It's a great time to get in touch, actually, because we'll get some travel, which means you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here You can give us a call 01419511025 You can tweet at Clyde SSB I mean I suppose technically if you've got anyone's number uh, You can text I've had one in from your esteemed colleague The guy that doesn't know your name oh. um, Gordon DL And he says I've just turned it on It would make my year If the big guy has got his QOS tracksuit on And his gallon of water Well some things never change You've got the gallon of water yeah. The biggest water bottle I've ever seen no tracksuit yet. What is it? Are they just are they picking off the the Willie Gibson yeah, initials exactly. and, and put, giving it to me? No, no, I got I, it yet? Oh, because it was day off today. So next time, next time we're in, I'll, I'll wear it for him oh. so we can get a picture. Because okay. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a full time gig, isn't it? Yeah. League One. Still. Yeah, yeah. No, we're full time. We're fully full time. So the same as like the Premier League clubs. Um, so yeah, in but today just our day off um, after obviously playing yesterday. But yeah, back in tomorrow. Mm. Even more peculiar as to why he still arrived at one minute to six then, Simon. If Traffic. He, if it was his day off. But well, anyway. I thought if he was going to be any later, they dish out fines at clubs. So and we should maybe, start that. I think it was the traffic, to be honest. Simon, Ca- Callum warned me about the traffic Simon at 5 is your fines master. There you are. We found him a job as well. 01419511025. Paul is a Rangers fan. Milton, what's your point tonight, Paul? Uh, hi, panel. Hi, Gordon, Marvin, Simon. Hello. Um, and congratulations, Marvin, on the, the new role. Um, Thanks. Uh, I, I've, I've got a kind of, before I share my point, guys, I, I, if it's okay, I've got a wee small connection with Queen of the South and, and, and Simon. Go for I, it. I kind of I used to play professional um, at Dumbarton. I say I used to play, I was technically a professional player, but I was at Dumbarton for about four or five months, for a very short time. But my first competitive game was at Queen of the South at Palmerston. Absolutely get scalped 5-6-1 <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it was my first professional football experience and then to add more misery I played I get demoted to the reserves about 2-3 days later played in a horrible cold Tuesday night against Thistle reserves and Simon Donnelly was playing for uh, Thistle and he looked 10 times more miserable than me that night <laughs> I was just about to say Paul Thistle reserves is that when you knew Simon I must have been coming back for injury or something uh, or that was when it was or ready to hang up the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love this from Paul how has he managed to tie you two together that's brilliant and Paul what, what we really need to know when you said it was your first you know, professional game was it your last 
Um, uh, let's say I lasted about three, four months. I went back to junior. I, I went back junior after that. So, uh, oh, yeah. listen, it's still oh. it's easy for easy for us to laugh, especially me. That's much closer than most of the listeners get. So there we go. And you got to share the pitch with Simon Donnelly. He can't remember it, but the look on your face. You just wipe out. See those kind of reserves. reserves like Tuesday that. night reserves at Firhill. No, that's when you know it's just time, maybe. Yeah. Getting the warm radio studio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Paul, what are you thinking about your, your team at the moment? So, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, panel, about you know Rangers maybe igniting, or I suppose reigniting their interest in Ryan Porteous, because um, I know there's been talk about it in the past, and um, I've not really heard much in recent times since the January transfer window opened. Um, for me, I think in the modern game, there's that. Kind of you know wind up merchant player that's missing, and you know Scott Brown's been there for Celtic. Well, Celtic have had that with Scott Brown for a long time, and I think we've we've kind of craved that. Um, but I, I I think when I seen Ryan play for Scotland and a few times we have, I, I do see a maturity in his performance, and I believe it's maybe something that Rangers are missing. And I just wanted to find you know figure out from the panel, do you think that maybe that's something that Michael B will be looking at or reigniting? Uh, Marvin, you're the Ryan Porteous expert, if such a thing exists. What do you make of um, Paul's point? Uh, yeah, I understand the point. I just think it, it becomes difficult because you've got John Suter there as well in terms of pathways. So h- how much is, is Ryan going to play when you've got Davis and Goulston starting? You've got King also trying to create a pathway for him. If so, Lander ever comes back yeah, as well. exactly. So it gives you know five, six centre-half. So you know financially, there's probably other areas of the pitch that Michael Bill will want to uh, improve on. But most definitely, listen, if, if they didn't have those other options, I think if you've got two or three centre-half, then Ryan Porteous is, is definitely one you sign, especially on a free, because you know I believe we're going to be a Scotland international. Um, it's not like my opinion on football players matters much, but I went along, shouldn't admit it, to Fir Park. As a fan, first time I've been in a while, because I'm usually working... I thought it was really good. Really, you know, really yeah, stood out. He's... Maybe even, you know, maybe more stark because the Motherwell defence struggled so badly. But he just you know, covered the ground really quickly. You look at them when he stepped in. He went sort of midfield towards the end of the game, didn't he? Wins that fifty-fifty, sets Creates up the, the, goal. the goal that yeah. that wins the game. Um, it does. It's, it's not certain yet, Simon. But there's been interest. I think even a bid from from Udinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just wonder if he's the latest to go down the. <clears throat> Aaron Hickey, Lewis Ferguson, Josh Doig, Root. It's an interesting one. Uh, Marv's got his manager's hat on there. <clears throat> He's looking at the balance of a, a squad. I don't think you can never have t- too many good players. Mm-hmm. I think Porteous, I like him. I've seen him moving into midfield, as you say, recently. I think he is maturing, as Paul says. A couple of seasons ago, there was always a rash tackle or something stupid that he would do in a game. I think he is slowly but surely mm-hmm. cutting that out as he gets older. I think there is a player there. Uh, I watched him for Scotland. I thought he did really well. And, you know, I, I, I think it would be one that Rangers would be looking at. But as you say, the Udinese route and this Italian route, I watched Josh Doig playing yeah. yesterday. He was good, very I saw, good. I just saw yeah. some very of the clips, good. yeah. Very good. So, and, and I look back and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, chances like that coming around now, you couldn't do that in my day, Serie A, it was your Van Bastens and Hulets yeah. and it was top, top players. It's obviously still a top league, but it's an avenue now that players are going down and I think it's a great opportunity. And I, I think he'll be looking at guys like his, his old teammate and, and maybe want a wee taste of it himself. How would you balance that though, Simon? If you, if you take him into Rangers and, and every centre-half's fit, you've probably got 
a, a big name centre half well, not even making the bench. Again, you've got your managers. Yeah. On. I th- I th- would it not be a good problem for you to have though if you had the, the guys vying for those positions, two for each position? Yeah, but I think if you're looking at leaving Davis out after paying that amount of money for him, John Suter would have came with, with a hefty, you know, kind of wages. Maybe John, I worked with John, but John's not been fit yet. I yeah, th- I think I think John Suter will do well for Rangers. I've said that before on mm-hmm. here. He's not been fit. You look at the versatility of this lad as well going out in the midfield. I just don't think you can have. Too many. Too many. So who players. would be your starting two then? From that? Yeah. From theirs. Including Porteous. I would play I would play when they're fit, Porteous and Suter. Wow. Fair. Connor Goldson's been bombed all of a sudden. Um Paul, are you you feeling pretty calm about this window? Are you are you feeling impatient? How would you describe your mood? What are we the eleventh of January? We've still got a bit to go. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm probably a little bit more calm just with the fact that there's such a massive gap in points you now between Rangers and Celtic that I think it's going to be really, really difficult to get that back, especially with Celtic on form. So I think there has to be a bit of patience there. We can't. I think we've signed a few players out through the summer, like the likes of Matondo, that haven't worked, and they've really got to be. Michael has got to really be meticulous in how what's the long-term plan here, not just for you know try to get the best out of this season, maybe the cups. And who knows in the league, but certainly going into next season, next season we need to have the ground running. Yeah, I mean Marvin, I not likening the two budgets that you'll have to work <laughs> with. I'm just curious, just very generally, right, very loosely. You do you come into a job at this stage in the season? How much of it is about trying to just do things right now, and how much can you afford to think about the future? I think. An awful lot about doing things right now because there might not be a future if you don't do you know the present right. Um, sure. So it's very difficult to try and look beyond that. Um, and I think Michael Bill will be thinking, listen, this league, this league isn't over. You know, you can't be at Rangers Football Club thinking, you know, what, let's look to the summer because we will never catch Celtic. That sort of mindset you can't have within that building. And there's no way that he's going to that building having that. He'll genuinely believe that they can still uh, catch Celtic, and he'll try and bring in the players to give them the best opportunity to do that. If they don't catch Celtic, okay. But then going forward. As, as Paul said there you know next season they have to hit the ground running but I think you know there's players in the building now yeah, yeah I mean Paul we were speaking with the previous caller about the goalkeeping situation purely because Michael Beale made some interesting comments at the weekend we played them tonight where it sounds like he really wants to give John McLaughlin and Alan McGregor game time between now and the end of the season of course there's Robbie McCrory he said he won't look to sign a keeper in this window some fans disagree with that how do you want to see that position used between now and then I think we're very lucky to have the likes of McLaughlin and uh, McGregor as two experienced goalkeepers and and I think it's worked with the rotation if I'm honest um, McCrory's a bonus and has done well when he came in in the old firm game last season um, and, and I think if it was a if we had to if Michael Beale was balancing both an inexperienced keeper like McCrory and an experienced one that's where maybe we'd, be, we'd have a wee bit more concern but it's the fact there's two experienced keepers from the outside and it looks like the two of them I kind of, you know, acknowledging that that's what's going to be the case. And for me, it's what, yeah, there's been a couple of big mistakes that McLaughlin made, especially in the recent old firm. But to the previous caller's point, I think overall, there's, there's different qualities that John McLaughlin can give to, to McGregor, despite what McGregor's achieved in the past, which has been phenomenal. Do, are, is either Alan McGregor or John McLaughlin the number one keeper next season? I know I'm asking you to do a bit of predicting here. Um... And I think that's one of the targets we need to look at as a new number one. Mm-hmm. Some some time to pass before then, I suppose. So if it's not a priority this window, uh, maybe uh, going forward, 
a bit and that, that would be back to that thing that we said Simon about what's your what's your priority right now you get, I guess every manager's got sort of short term goals medium term long term and Michael Beale will just be trying to spin yeah, all those plates yeah, just yeah, now yeah, well, all of them but as Marv says you're not giving up the title race you can't, you can't at Rangers the, the, nobody will allow you mm. so that's to go back to Neil the first caller saying about dipping McCrory in now McCrory came in against Celtic yeah. and did really well but there's big games around the corner for Rangers every game's a must win at the moment with the way they're positioned in the league they've got the semi-final coming up at the weekend you're not allowed it Rangers or Celtic to just yeah. so that's a fair point you too, because I, next year, you it's know? a fair yeah. point because I must admit I've probably fallen into the trap influenced by the callers and the pundits <laughs> on here of thinking well you know the, the league is probably over if you if you look at the point. I mean, that's Rangers fans that phone in here and say that. Yeah, listen, God, um, I think as a Celtic yeah. fan looking in, I think it's over. But I can't see Celtic slipping up, but that's not the way Rangers can go about it. That, that's yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Let's start planning for next year because even if you don't, even if you can't win it, then I suppose what Michael Beale can't afford, even just from a, a PR perspective, he can't afford the the nine points to end up. 19 at the end of the yeah. season so yeah. that just just sends out all the wrong messages doesn't it yeah and, and also throughout the dressing room because then you start to doubt yourself you know if a team beats you by 19 points one season you know the next season's going to be very very difficult to mentally prepare yourself especially if another gap starts to create you think oh here we go again so like you said he can't afford for that, that uh, points margin to get any bigger he really really can't and they need to close on it, in on it and they need to close in on it really quickly uh, thanks a lot Paul It was nice to hear from you Paul and Milton What a, what a start to his call that was He's played against Simon For the reserves at Dumbarton <laughs> He's kind of killed me His first ever <laughs> professional game He's took me back to a place That I didn't, didn't want to be in <laughs> Not mentally Just Mary Hill I mean No no um, I'm not saying that <laughs> And um, The thought that Queen of the South Could win 5-1 Marvin as well oh, there. Right. Paul's maybe predicting Something for you I'll look those players up See if I can get them back The future Thanks again to Paul 01419511025 Celtic fans This might be a good time For you to join us Because we're going to hear From Iwata The new signing He's going to Tell us That he's, he thinks He's here to play In midfield How do you see him Fitting in That's what I want to know What's, what's your plan Alongside Callum McGregor Instead of Callum McGregor Just sometimes Game dependent Tweak it European football What do you think How do you see him fitting in uh, Get your calls in right now And we'll get you on next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley And Simon Donnelly Are here at 0141-951-1025 Or you can send your tweets In to the guys As well at Clyde SSB Let's hear a bit from Celtic's New signing Tomoki Iwata uh, And I'm keen to find out Celtic fans How you see him fitting in To the current picture um, At Celtic Because he's been speaking to Celtic TV um, And he's speaking about Ange Postacoglu having faith in him um, He was obviously j- the player of the year in Japan Wasn't he last season Now he claims his best position is Sort of d- d- defensive midfield Holding midfield He's praised the club's current number six Who of course uh, in terms of position Is captain Callum McGregor yeah, I'm really excited uh, and I'm and really happy to to, to wear this uh, this top and uh, I would like to play uh, on the pitch as soon as possible. 
manager told me that uh, oh, uh, after having a good result personally in Japan, I was able to, uh, to, to, to have a good performance here and he was expecting me, me a lot. I just wanted to, uh, to play for Celtic. I would like to play as a, uh, at number six. I think a manager expect, uh, expects me uh, to play, play there, but uh, I also can play as a center half. I would do anything uh, that, that can help the team. Yeah, Cullen is, uh, is he's a legend of the uh, Celtic and he's a really good, uh, good player, but I have been in training and uh, oh, I just now need to, uh, need to well, improve my, my fitness and the condition. Great thing about us, we can just speculate wildly, Simon. We've not even seen the guy kick a ball. I'm going to ask you how how you think he how you think he fits in. Give it well, a bash. Well, if he if he if he hits the ground like the majority of the other Japanese boys that have come in, you know, Celtic have found another top player. He was the player of the year in the, the mm-hmm. J League, so he's no mug. I think he narrowly missed out in the the World Cup squad. But as I say, the form uh, going into that market has been really good you know, and, and the results, uh, so he's another one I'm looking forward to, and it goes back to what Mar- Marvel asked me where he's playing, but you can't have, <laughs> <laughs> you can't have too many good Come players, on, yeah. so, I mean, Callum McGregor never started out as a, a number six, mm-hmm. as you described him there, or, uh, I think Callum can play forward, I think sometimes you take away something from his play, I think he can open things up, M- maybe that's an option, but it's good options for, for Ange to have in that midfield, we've seen a Riley play deep Recently, Hitati at the moment seems to be going from strength to strength. So it's a strong area for Celtic, and they've added another guy who, yeah, as you quite rightly say, I've not seen kick a ball, but he's got a, a good reputation. I mean, if, if it was interesting, see if you remember last season, Marvin, Celtic's midfield was generally Callum McGregor at the start of the season, mm-hmm. Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic, and David Turnbull. And there actually wasn't anything wrong with it, but at the yeah. time they got over the initial start to the season, they were winning regularly, they were all playing well. But then Ange Postacoglu signed Rio Hitati and Matt O'Reilly in January and they just went in and they played anyway. The difference this time is, well, it's Callum McGregor, isn't it? So what How? What? What happens? How does this all fit together? Yeah, I agree with Simon. I think Callum McGregor um, is probably more comfortable playing as a number eight and, and trying to open things up and even sometimes you know, step into that number 10 position, but definitely being a number eight. And I think that's what will happen. You know, Whether they're preparing for Hitati maybe to go at the end of the season, I think he's been absolutely fabulous since being at, uh, at Celtic. Um, Aaron Moy potentially um, I think one thing you know about Ange is he's always pre- prepared for things that are going to happen you know he, he looks to the future he gets his signings done nice and early I think we've seen that again uh, with this one also Callum McGregor's played a lot of football you know since his recent mm-hmm. injury you know he played a lot of games in a row um, he, he can't keep playing all those games especially if you want to you know be peak performance in Europe so there'll probably be a bit of rotation but I think uh, McGregor will go up to a number 8 position I think quite clearly Celtic's recruitment under Ange Postacoglu has been very good Simon it's been yeah. praised by pretty much everyone if you were to be hypercritical yeah. is it the one position that they've actually not quite managed to get right you look at the success pretty much everyone's come in and hit the ground running are you talking about Eddie Gucci Abelgard James mm-hmm. McCarthy yeah of course so you've actually got three, three and a, a, a di- looking at the time frame and you can speculate yourselves about how much Ange Postacoglu had to do with James McCarthy's signing right From it was very early on Leave that to another show But nevertheless Three signed For that area <clears throat> yeah. It's it's the one area They've maybe Not had the same success rate As As everywhere else yeah, That'd be, po- be fair Yeah possibly But you're never ever Going to get every, you're not, you're, Oh of course 100% success rate There's always going to be Hit and misses Just interesting that it's all that area Because everyone yeah, else has, has worked As I say Callum's fitted in there Really well Me as an attacking Minded player I, th- I think there's a lot more To Callum McGregor 
than just playing that holding role. Maybe that's, you know, been in Angie's mind, as Marv says. There might be stuff there that we don't know about in terms of players moving on at different times. It is a, always seems to yep. be a step ahead. Yep. A good manager should be. Uh, so, yeah, that, that there might be various reasons, but just for me on the outside looking in, it looks like another strong midfielder for a strong area of the, the team. And it would be exciting to see... From, from my point of view Callum McGregor playing further forward Yeah Marvin Bartley just ruining it Celtic fans were happy to have Iwata But Marvin saying it's just to replace Hitati or, <laughs> or Matt O'Reilly When they leave in the summer um, Let's bring in Ross who's a Celtic fan and Just to throw it on you Ross in, in the middle of this discussion How do you how do you see this all all sort of working out? Um, hi guys, hi Marvin, uh, Simon and um, Gordon Hope you're well, well. Thank um, you. First of all, I just, again, I want to just play Simon uh, No, Simon, sorry Marvin, and he's just in his new job And hope things go well for you Thank you, cheers um, No, I, 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 I'm a bit unsure Where Awata's going to fit in Because if you look at the Celtic situation We've got McGregor, Moy, Hatate, O'Reilly um, I don't know where he fits in and effectively you're, you're going to have to drop one of those guys and who 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 gets dropped I'm not really sure um, so I'm unclear on that one um, but my, my main point tonight is just again on the first guy come on Neil um, I'm on to actually praise the referees as well I think we've got wow. a good standard of referees and I think I think in this country we're quite critical straight away and I think when we look at the bunch of referees that we've got at, at the top level I don't really see where a lot of the criticism comes from. I know obviously there's some decisions that get criticised more than others, but I think just based on the standard of refereeing, I'm quite glad that Nick Walsh and, and Rolly Collum have got the have got the semi-finals this weekend because I do think they two are, are the best referees in this country. Mm, twice in one night, and now definitely starting to feel uneasy. I don't know if we're the victims <laughs> of some sort of stitch up here. Um, again, though, see, to be honest, you, you don't. That that's that's nice of Ross. It's polite of Ross. That's his opinion. I think you're still definitely allowed to think the standards not good. You can do that as well and, and want to drive it up. Um, I think Neil, who kicked off all this discussion, is maybe just about you know, like we said, that perspective. Yeah, and again, I don't think Ross or Neil are saying it's, it's at the top, but I think they are saying that they, they are they are decent referees. And you know, we spoke about the World Cup and the amount of decisions that went there, and we said you know these are the world's best referees, or apparently so. So. I, I think our domestic game has definitely got some really good referees. And, and as Simon said earlier, you know they're under the magnifying glass when they do make mistakes or contentious decisions or some people see it as contentious even though it's straightforward. So it makes it a lot tougher for them. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I think Willie and, and Nick are, are both fabulous referees and, you know, they got the semi-finals this weekend. But I think there's more, you know, good referees outside of them as well. If you listen carefully, you can hear most of Glasgow in the West throwing things at the radio <laughs> and taking back all the well wishes that they were giving yeah. you for your, your new job. Um, Ross, I said at the top of the show, it's been a, a quiet day um, in Glasgow for you know sort of transfers. What, what are you expecting? Anything imminent, either in or out? Um, I'm still a bit nervous because I think Jack and Marcus is potentially going to head for the door, um, but I hope I hope not. I just I worry that Celtic are going to lose somebody like Jack Marcus this window, and I don't know where we get a replacement from. Um, so that's my worry that we lose him. But apart from that, I think the only other one I think I would expect to leave this window would be Stephen Welsh. I don't see where he gets a game, and I think he really needs to get game time in order for him to progress as a player. Um, so maybe a loan deal in the summer. Um, sorry, a loan deal in this window would be beneficial for him. Um, Simon. 
Ross's concern is if Jackie Marcus leaves, who do you replace him with? So happens that there's a, a bid on the table for Cho Gui Sung, South yeah. Korean striker. So does that that look like a mm. sort of chain reaction thing that is, might might take place? Yeah, I think. I th- well, I think if Jackie Marcus leaves, I think that's what will happen. I think. Uh, I understand what Ross is saying. Jackie Marcus has, has been fantastic for Celtic. You know, really unfortunate at the weekend not to go on the score sheet. Probably frustrated at the moment because he's not getting enough game time. Uh, but Kyogo keeps scoring. So as long as that happens, it's difficult to get yourself back in. You have to try and take the chance when it comes. He's hit the bar, he's hit the post at the weekend. But as I say, the noises are that it looks as if he might be going. And if that's the case, then my only concern would be if they didn't get a replacement in. But I think that's already lined up. I think that the South Korean lad they're talking about, I think... We just touched on it a couple of minutes ago. Ange is always preparing for, you know, anything that can occurs. And I think that they'll have a replacement should he go. Ange will never be caught short, will he? You know, no. in, in terms of, you know, transfers and, and getting things done, even outside of the window, ready to announce in January. I think he has a long list. But you look at the right back situation. Yeah. We still don't know what's happening with Juranovic, but that, the lad, the Johnson. Canadian lad, Johnson, was yeah. already snapped up, you know, during the World Cup. Yeah. And, and he's came in and. He had a really good game at the weekend again. He yep. looks a, a real athlete getting about. He's 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 kind of bought into the way Ange wants his fullbacks to go. I mean, he's popping up in all areas of the pitch. He looks as if he's a more than suitable replacement should Juranovic go. And unfortunately, that's the way it goes. You know, Celtic, the fans mm-hmm. will grow to love players and players will come and go. But I think they should have confidence in the guy they now because he seems to be known, as you say, step yep. ahead of the game and, and replacing people with... Should they need to be replaced? And that's not always been the way either at Celtic. No. You know, it times in the past. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're getting rid of players and then they're scrambling around to get replacements. Yeah. So, and is is big enough to know. Listen, sometimes players are going to leave this football club. Not all the all the time players that he wants to leave the football club, but he'll always be ready. And I think he'll have a list of you know players for anyone leaving. You yeah. know, have ready ready replacements. Good man, Ross. Thanks for taking the time. It brings us up nicely to this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk/slash-football. Right, let's see how much the big guy, as Gordon Dale calls him, can concentrate on being a full-time manager and beat the pundit at the same time. Of course, he might be saved. It might be Simon Donnelly, the master of the ugly victory. But either way, this is the chance for you to get involved. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, and it could be you playing beat the pundit next if you call before seven. Headlines 0141 951 1025. Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here at so 1215 during the news. Marvin was just glued to his phone. He's just trying to, I think he's trying to pretend to us, Simon, that he's like wheeling <laughs> and dealing. Friends. He's like Harry Redknapp. He's <laughs> making moves. I think he was probably just. Playing Angry Birds or whatever it was. Um, I can't think of any modern games. Do people still play that? Probably not. Um, but anyway, we've got him at least in body until eight o'clock. <laughs> and if you've got any thoughts to share with the guys, it's 0141-951-1025. Let's do this first, though, before we move any further. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the football. Great moment on last night's Beat the Pundit, right? So Scott Allen was on the show, first time for him as a as a pundit, fresh blood. I could see the nerves in his face, right, when Beat the Pundit started. And he'd come into the office um prior to the show 
um, there's obviously a mutual link there you played with him at Hibs and he was yeah. saying yeah I spoke to Marv I spoke to him on the phone great he's, he's got the job he's got his first job I spoke to him on the phone beat the pun that starts and the question is <laughs> who is the most recent appointed recently appointed manager in Scotland and he passes it <laughs> that's scary <laughs> having spoken to you on the phone that morning Incredible So Oh wow The pressure of Beat the pundit That's yeah, what I was going to say be fair. It does yep. just show you That's what the pressure can do Anyway let's see what Paul In Bells Hill Has for us tonight How's it going Paul? Alright guys how are you? Not bad how are you? I'm good I'm good thank you yeah, It says you're a Celtic fan Does that mean you Want to play Simon Donnelly Or you'd rather avoid him And take it out on Marvin Bartley? No I appreciate Simon's abilities on the park but I'll have a go and beat the pun I love that ah, pun he's, you he's, got my back in pal he's, he's giving him a bit of flattery as well that, that often Thanks, works uh, heads it will be Simon you'll get your wish and tails it'll be the Queen of the South manager do you not realise now that you're a manager you're supposed to act different a bit more respectable none of this on your tiptoes climbing over no, the desk like, to try and see if the coin because normally if it lands on the other person you say oh drop the coin let's take it again I've never done that before yeah. in my life It's heads You're off the hook It's yes. Paul again Come on Simon. Paul Come on uh, So Simon is the master Of the ugly victory We'll give him some clay too To listen to So that he can't hear What's going on in here Paul And I'm sure you've heard it before But just a quick recap 30 seconds Answer as many as you can And you're fine to pass If you don't know the answer Okay Go for it Right good man then 30 seconds on the clock And it starts now What nationality is Celtic's Moritz Jens German Name either side Marco Negri played for Either side of his spell at Rangers Fiorentina uh, Which SPFL side are nicknamed the Spiders Queen's Park Which goalkeepers kept the most Scottish Premiership clean sheets this season Joe Hart Which Scottish Premiership side has the highest average attendance out with Celtic and Rangers Aberdeen Who's Motherwell's top scorer this season Van Veen Which Italian side does Josh Doig play for Okay, let's bring back Simon Can you hear us? I can indeed Good, same set of questions, shall we? Yep, let's go What nationality is Celtic's Moritz Jens? German Name either side Marco Negri played for Either side of his spell at Rangers Which SPFL side are nicknamed the Spiders? Queen's Park Which goalkeepers kept the most Scottish Premiership clean sheets this season? Uh... Joe Hart Which Scottish Premiership side Has the highest average attendance Out with Celtic and Rangers Aberdeen Who is Motherwell's top scorer This season Van Veen Which Italian side Does Josh Doig Currently play for oh, I seen it I was watching it yesterday <laughs> <laughs> I cannot go I've got the other one I've got Cremonese Time's up Gordon Yeah time's up Time's up <laughs> Once we start the question, you do get you get a little bit of grace. Not that do you know what's bad? Is he did say yesterday that he watched the game. You watched the game. Cremonese <laughs> versus it was Verona, wasn't it? <sighs> anyway, let's find out the damage. Ah. Moritz Jens is German. You both got it. Marco Negri, uh, Prugia or Bologna? Oh, that. So none of you got it The Spiders are Queen's Park Championship leaders X at the team. moment um, Will <laughs> they be joining the top flight next season? We'll find out uh, Joe Hart has the most clean sheet So it's three all Ooh. after four questions Did that change recently? I feel like we had that question before And it surprisingly wasn't Joe Hart Never mind, I'm just thinking out loud um, The Scottish Premiership side Hearts With the highest that. average attendance You both went Aberdeen know, And it is Hearts so you've basically just given me the same You've got the same record so far So it's still three all 
you both also knew that Van Veen was Motherwell's top scorer. Oh. Quite an easy one because no one else ever scores. It There's seems no way Paul watched that game yesterday. Paul did not get it. Well, you watched it and you didn't know that shit anyway. Yeah. What difference does that make? Oh. I have been to one Serie A game in my life. Yes. And it was in Verona. Verona. There we go. It was so I got it eventually. My uh, my now wife wasn't at the time, studied in Verona for a year. She oh. she was at uni there and obviously went to visit. That's commitment. Only spent like two nights there maybe and managed to wangle a trip to a football game um, now it was Kievo, so it was the other team in Verona against Barry um, and it was nil-nil and it was easily the easily one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life did you miss his go with you? yeah and she like hates football anyway at the You're best of times and um what a waste! I think I think Massimo Donati was playing. For, right. I think yeah, that yeah. seems to ring a bell. Anyway, enough about me. Um, very selfish of me. We've got a, a tie, don't we? For mm-hmm. each. Onto the tiebreaker, Simon. You good at these though, somehow. Well, <sighs> nah, when I say ball. good, you get closer than <laughs> the contestant, yeah. which technically is, means that you're good. So. Hey. Why not? That's right. Okay, uh, Paul. Here's the deal. I read the question. I'll then get Simon to write his answer, and I'll invite you to give me your attempt. Okay. What is Steve Clark's win percentage as Scotland manager? Write it down. I'm not giving you too long on this. What is Steve Clark's win percentage as Scotland manager? Simon, show me your paper, please. Okay. What are you going for, Paul? I roll sixty-four. Oh my goodness. Simon's gone sixty-five. And Paul has Paul gone 64 got Paul's won Yeah Believe me Paul, 64 and 65 it's Is high. like I'll go it's, high. it's extremely high What is it? 46 Oh Well done Paul So oh, well Paul done. has done it Well done to you Paul way round. The right numbers with the wrong way round <laughs> Well done Paul You've clinched it anyway The sign ball is on its way to Bells Hill um, A combination right of Producer Callum's organisational skills and the way things are getting delivered, it'll be with you by next Christmas. <laughs> Good man, thank you, Paul. Well done, Paul. In I Bell's Hill. Now I must admit, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a big Scotland fan. I'm, I don't hide that on here. I'm optimistic about the way things have been. I think we've had some good results, but 65. It's, it's the pressure you talked about, Scott Allen. As soon as I said a couple of those answers, I realised that percentage. Oh, I not mean, bad, hearts serious. and Aber- Aberdeen yeah. hearts. Should have got that. I wonder what the difference is. In the game that I was watching the telly, <laughs> yeah, just it's two thousand or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Clearly, you're taking the game in, not just watching it. I was watching. Oh, baby, did you see it? Doig was first no. class. I would have still got it without watching it. Really good. It was not some big <laughs> long. It was a long busting run, wasn't it? And he then set they one set, of the set up. the goal no, up. Great. Brilliant. It's, I like that path that we've now seem to have created. Just left great, isn't it? Left back. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. That's <laughs> yeah. a bit. That's a bit problematic. Um, I must admit See just for some context Right Jurgen Klopp's win percentage At Liverpool 60 Alright Alright <laughs> Wow So um, bit of, a bit too much faith In Obviously, Stevie Clark yeah. Think highly of him That's a good thing though isn't it 65% We never I'm got so to the World Cup you, we you never lost got by that 1% <laughs> Oh incredible Right Well do you know what you've, you've, had good good you've had a good run I must I admit I have uh, you've done well Only as good as your last game By the way But yeah, yeah. 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 Something like that 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB Get your calls in Get your tweets in We're talking transfer I'm still waiting for it. We're going to get Surely there's a Queen of the South fan this, We're going to make history tonight We're going to I'm determined Let's do it We have done it before We've put out random I can't even think why Anytime we put a random plea For some Maybe a small team Out with our Local area Down the divisions And usually we we get a nibble So I, th- I think we can do it tonight Before the end of the show Let's bring in James though A bit closer to home He's from Motherwell 
uh, and he's a Rangers fan. What's your point tonight, James? Guys, uh, first of all, Marvin, congratulations on the job, buddy. Thanks a lot, James. A lot of no, love for no, you on here, by the way. You're obviously quite popular. I'm a nice guy. Mm. And then they're, they're nice listeners. But anyway, all right. around nice place. I miss your eyebrows in the dugout. <laughs> Getting booked. <laughs> that? Does that mean now that now that he's gone, that he's left living, he's gone to Queen of the South? We can out him for that time that he threw the ball onto the pitch at, what uh, at Ibrox to waste time when you shouldn't have no I didn't that do that, that? No. Uh, alright sorry right. Uh, producer Callum cut that bit out of the, the <laughs> podcast I might have made that up uh, sorry James take it away no no I was just listening to you guys just, um, earlier talking obviously about the, the goalkeeping situation mm-hmm. is that if we don't give Robbie McCrory some game time soon that we're going to lose him yep I don't know what with the John McLaughlin situation I don't think he's the next Rangers number one certainly after obviously Alan McGregor leaves after obviously what we've had from him um, and my worry is is that isn't too much younger than Alan McGregor so longevity wise I don't really see it's the right route to go down what you guys thought on that yeah I mean one of those things Marvin this is where football's cruel right because you're not really meant to be ageist um, but it's just this undeniable fact that things do, um, you know, careers come to an end at some point. And if everyone's assuming that Alan McGregor's is nearly there, John McLaughlin isn't that far behind him, that does he become Rangers number one next season if it's not Alan McGregor? Yeah, I, I think John McLaughlin will become number one and, and Robbie number two. Um, and then Robbie will take over from John. I think that's what they'll do. I th- so you think it, you don't see at any point then a, a new. I don't, I don't think so, and, and I'll tell you why. I look at the priorities for Rangers you know, in the summer. If they, if they lose Alfredo, they need a striker. They lose Ryan Kent. So if you look at the list of priorities, yes, I think a lot of Rangers fans would love a goalkeeper, but they think they have to get a new striker first and a new left winger. And that's the reason why I think they've got two adequate goalkeepers in Robbie, who I think, you know, given the chance, will do extremely well at Rangers. And they've got John, who will probably be you know, Scotland's starting goalkeeper in March because of the injury to Craig Gordon. Uh, sorry, Liam Kelly, if you're listening, Marvin's written you off, um, and Xander <laughs> sorry, for, Liam. for that matter. Um, to be fair, though, maybe I am being unfair on, on John McLaughlin because if he's if he's going to take a leaf out of Alan McGregor or Craig Gordon's book, then he's got five years left, and I'm you know yeah, Simon. Thirty-five so isn't particularly old for a goalkeeper. I mean, Griggs is obviously coming to the end; he can't go on forever. Uh, John's got five years on him. McCrory's. What, 10 years younger than that, yeah. 24? Yeah. So, yeah, that might be the one and two. I'd be surprised if, if Michael Beale's maybe not looking at that department as well, just to see if he can get anything that's better. He knows what he's got. McLaughlin, he's, he's worked with him before. So, yeah, that, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if that was the two. But again, I think they'll be looking at... It'll be interesting to actually see what Rangers' business is in the transfer when window. You, this I'm, window. I'm asking a lot of you. You go back to being at Dunfermline when Alan McGregor was on loan. Did, did he... Could you see that? Could you see him? You know, did, did you know at, that, that at, it was going back, to run to his career? He's the best goalkeeper I, I played with. I really? Think. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think uh, even then, even was, then, yeah. So it's not just. A, well, I don't think I realised at the time. I'm looking back on my sure, career and sure. all the, the, the keepers that I, I played with. Uh, he's he's definitely up there. You know, he was a fantastic goalkeeper coming out, probably similar to McCrory at that time, going out to get game time uh, at Dunfermline with us. Did really well. And then I can't really remember how quickly he went back to Rangers mm-hmm. and then took over the, the number one jersey. But when I look back, there's a few that are better than him that I worked with as a as a goalkeeper. Like Robbie McCrory's done this before. That's 
why we're having this discussion. He's been on loan, been on loan a couple of times, as you well know. He was he was at Livingston. Come back to Michael Beale though. Again, there if he's talking about he was full of praise for John McLaughlin. Sounds like he wants to use him. He's clearly going to use Alan McGregor. Another loan now, January until the end of the season. Why not? The- yeah. I think that makes perfect sense for Robbie to go out on loan, especially if you're looking forward to next season, if you're Michael Bill and you said, right, I've got Alan and John in the building now, you know, both very, very capable goalkeepers, send Robbie out on loan, see how he fares, maybe to another Premier League team. I think he you know, needs to be playing in the Premier League. And then come the summer, you can say, right, either we're going to go with Robbie as our number two and John as our number one, or Robbie as our number one and John as our number two, or we're going to replace and, and get a new goalkeeper. I think if you do that again, then you need to send Robbie out because he needs to play football now because sooner or later, he's going to need to be ready to be a number one somewhere. Um, I mean, James, I think I've yet to meet a football fan of any team who just doesn't love the idea of, of a young player coming through. Is that something you'd be keen for Michael Beale to to do alongside new signings? Is that something you want to be a priority? I think uh, I mean Robbie Rancrory for me last season when he came in you know age wise I think he's coming to the point where a player within the Premier you know football league is starting to hit a prime Um, I think I'm a massive fan of Alex Lowry as well I think I'd love to see him get a bit more game time as well within the first team squad Um, but I think you know listen to the calls before see the league has been over because at the end of the day we were in the same position last season and Celtic called it back so I think there's definitely still time depending obviously how the next two old firms go but building for the I mean Michael Beale's excited me with the, with the conversation of no loan deals and you know wanting to eyeball players to make sure that they can handle the pressure of coming to Ibrox and I think that's the same across the board as well with Celtic I think I think both sides have made signs before that so much of these players they come in and it's a case of it's not really kind of what they thought or the atmosphere and the pressure is, is bigger than what they thought so like the Todd Cantwell situation I think that's he's a, I think he's a really really good player I think he's at a point in his career where he needs to ignite that spark I think definitely coming to the Scottish game could do that for him John Lundstrom is a perfect example he was kind of at that point in Sheffield United he came to Glasgow and he's, he's done really really well now I think he's play one of our kind of mainstay players I can't believe Simon Elliott dropped out from the back four. <laughs> I, thought that might, I thought that might get some attention, James. Changed oh, the back four. Absolutely shocking. You, um, you, you had when we were hypothetically signing Ryan Porteous. Yeah, you, you ditched Connor Goldson. He's listen, wondering what he's done wrong. Listen, Mars put on the spot. <laughs> he's taking him back. Your four centre backs are very rarely all fit. As, as you'll find out shortly. Yeah. Can you hear him backtracking, James? Um, <laughs> Do you know what? I'm interested that James mentions the name Alex Lowry. I think he scored twice, was it, last night for the, the B team, I'm sure I saw. Um, really interesting recent scenario because Michael Beale comes in, talks about him being ripe and ready and, and is going to use him. Then we don't see him at all. First couple comes in, starts the Motherwell game. Um, in fact, did he play it all? No, he came off about 25 minutes to go. That's his one appearance so far. Um, then so doesn't feature at all against Celtic maybe no great surprise mm-hmm. doesn't feature at all against Dundee United um, is Todd Cantwell a similar style in, is that, that fair? Yeah, yeah I think I think they are similar players I think obviously Cantwell's probably a bit further not a bit not further sure. a lot further no, ahead in, yeah, in that yeah, development um, yeah but no they definitely are the same sort of style of player Difference, the, the difficulty rather than introducing young players is that the team needs to be doing well you know, it's very, very hard to introduce young players into a team that 
might be winning games but not playing to the way you want them to play because you don't want to affect their kind of confidence and you know, if a team are coming in for a bit of stick and then it starts to affect the, the younger players. So Michael Bill has to be extremely careful and he knows that. Um, probably why Alex Lowry's game time has been limited. You know, it's nothing to do with his ability. It may be doing, to do with what the rest of the players are doing. But if Catmull comes in, I think it'd be a good thing for Lowry. You know, seeing somebody who you can, can look up to, plays a similar style to you with more experience and, and a better player at that moment in time, I think will only bring him on. James, thank you. Thank you very much. That was James in Motherwell. This has weirdly become... Like in a roundabout twisted way my favourite part of the night because it's ludicrous but I like it because of how ridiculous it is don't know if you've heard about it right so all this week <laughs> I, I, I should be used to it as the week goes on but I can't quite say it with a straight face basically we sent Gordon DL and Mark Wilson to oh, fa- yeah. to factory weights they're Glasgow's premier home and commercial gym equipment supplier and we put them head to head in some sort of fitness and endurance challenges Does that anything to do with Daz ended up getting his knee <laughs> Couldn't possibly say I don't want to get the people at Factory Weights in trouble um, It may be a coincidence And I like how just before we launched this competition Marvin pretending he got too hot Took the jumper off Just to show <laughs> those bulging biceps We really should have what were, we do- what were we thinking sending those two? Was Marvin unavailable? I was at my interview He'd have been late probably uh, Says producer Calm. Anyway so what we did We sent them down head to head Some fitness challenges and it's all for a good cause We're going to give you the chance to win £250 to spend at Factory Weights I see it every night It's a great time of the year uh, to win that prize It really is So what's going to happen? Call right now 01419511025 We'll bring two callers on air One of you will be represented by Mark Who seems to be winning most of these challenges Funnily enough And one of you will be represented by Gordon We'll reveal who wins tonight's challenge and that caller wins the 250 quid It's that simple So 01419511025 You have until the end of this ad break So do get in touch Taking your calls on Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here It's 01419511025 We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB We even tweets in for you Marvin Andy the photo doctor He's really looking forward to seeing what you can do He says I was born in Dumfries I've always had a soft spot for them And I've always wanted to see The boost the town would get From a Premier League <laughs> Queenside No pressure Marvin wow. He says <laughs> oh, well, I'd love that See if you were one of them We'll be in Europe Within five seasons <laughs> for those. Aim for the top Why not Why not Aim high uh, 01419511025 Plenty of time for your calls Just quickly Before we get back to uh, Discussing today's Football matters I like this I must admit <laughs> Said it before the break We sent Gordon DL and Mark Wilson we, we sort of picked the thing that we thought they would be The worst at, basically Which was fitness challenges, strength, endurance That sort of thing Sent them to Factory Weights, Glasgow's premier home and commercial gym equipment supplier You can actually see these videos at Clyde SSB on Twitter Of them doing stuff? Um, yeah, it's disturbing, right? But, uh, what, you know that <laughs> way, know like, you can't, can't look away That sort of thing, <laughs> like car crash TV like Superstars, so. you're too young for superstars I, I know what you're referring to though, yeah So you can, you can actually go and watch them Um now, I'd like to say there was an element of surprise here So we we tried this on Monday night And Mark won the challenge Because he's like half Gordon's age Sorry if he's listening We tried it Tuesday And Mark won the challenge So we've got two callers on the line They're about to go head to head On line A we've got Robert from Cardonald How's it going Robert? Yeah, it's going alright Yeah, great you f- thanks You like the sound of 250 quid to spend on factory weights? I certainly do, yeah It's this time of year isn't it? Not, I'm yeah. sick of this Actually I'm fed up looking at him Because he's, he's 
he's January all, doesn't, all year aye, round exactly, him, doesn't he? matter uh, for people like me <laughs> you maybe need to, to buck up your ideas in the new year uh, Arif is on from Ibrox how's it going Arif? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. So let's see what's who was through first. Then Robert, you were through first, which means you. <laughs> I feel bad asking this every night. You get to choose, Robert. Are you going to be represented by Mark Wilson or Gordon Deal? Now tonight's challenge is called hang time. So basically, they're just hanging, hanging from a there. bar, mm-hmm. and they just need to see who can last the longest. Who are you going That's for, tough. Robert? Uh, it's a tough choice I think <laughs> I will need to go for uh, Mark Everybody's always going for Mark uh, Arif, I don't know how you feel You're you're, you're, you're left with Gordon D. Are you okay with that? I'm hopeful I'm hopeful, very well, hopeful right now Well listen, look Maybe there's something in Gordon's life That means that he's got a really a good, good grip, grip. Yep. I don't know golf, It could golf. be he likes his golf You're not told to grip softly when you play yeah. golf though. Depends Fingers crossed uh, anyway, right, okay, so they were just how do you, Marvin, you're you're the fitness <laughs> you're the fitness expert in here. How long do you think you would last? Now they were they wearing a weighted vest. They actually wear how heavy they Oh were they? Oh, Callum said fifty kilograms. I'm skeptical no of that. I'm very skeptical of that. I'll say ten. Um 10 kg. how do you think you would last? Um I think that'd be quite tough, you know. Yeah, I could do over a minute though, like comfy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen to him. Comfy, he says. Yeah, you could do a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, Robert is represented by Mark. Arif is represented by Gordon DL. I can tell you, Mark Wilson. He's everyone's favourite. He, he's won every one of these challenges so far. He lasted one minute ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Robert, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think that sounds good, Marvin. That sounds alright to me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arif, I can tell you, Gordon DL lasted one minute. And 12 seconds Wow He's taking it against all odds Arif So you Thanks to Mr Motivator himself uh, Are now the proud owner of 250 quid to spend at Factory Weights That sound good? Yeah thank you very much for that Thank you Good man Sorry Robert Sorry No bother at all You backed the wrong horse on this occasion But there we are You can see the video on Twitter at Clyde SSB They must have done something I don't know I bet Gordon was screaming The whole way no ve- he, he probably had no vest on He probably uh, went and um, Oh something. I think he was tickling Mark By all accounts <laughs> Which I'm here <laughs> See those two They're probably watching honestly oh, They really man. are Did you see him last night? He's been in for the knee op Do you have the displeasure Of following him on Instagram? No, I do, I do. He's so not following me back So yet. he's put a picture up Of the <laughs> He's put a picture up of the knee that's just been operated on yesterday. He's got the big bandage round it. With an arrow on it. But, with the arrow, but if you look closely, you can see that he's pulled these jammies down to his ankles to take the picture. <laughs> you can just see them like. Should have got a two for one with the knee up. <laughs> so there we go. Steady on. <laughs> Anyway, well done Well done to Arif What, what were the other two exercises So we week? had the 300 metre row On the first night Right some, Which Mark took That's And we tough. had uh, We had bench press last night Which Mark took I'm disappointed I was hoping like maximum weight Yeah But there was some sort of Nominal weight put on it And it was how many reps many You could, could do within right. 30 seconds so. Yeah and at de- deadlifts tomorrow This must be Some sort of Contributing factor To the f- That he's ended up <laughs> Yeah surgery is dangerous <laughs> <laughs> Willow's been in it Where's Willow gone He's in the hiding Oh uh, yeah I don't know where he Because bear in mind To be fair Mark's had 20 knee operations He reckons <laughs> um, And this is Gordon's just maybe Trying to catch up on him So So there we are Anyway Enough about those Because we'll, they'll be back In fact is he actually back tomorrow Despite having had the surgery yesterday Is he? Wow yeah, He's a trooper 0141951 uh, 1025 I actually dread to think Just how much nonsense He's going to talk 
About his <laughs> stay in the hospital He's probably only in for like A couple of hours Keyhole Back out, in and, out. and he will have will Undeniably Have been some drama That we'll, <laughs> we, will, we will find out uh, Let's see who's next Yes We've done it Robbie He's from Mount Florida But he is a Queen of the South fan yes. We found one Robbie how are you? Hiya guys I'm alright how are you? Robbie I can't tell you How happy I'll be If you're on to slate The appointment Of <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the exact opposite, ah. Marvin. Just to um, congratulate you and thank you for coming to the club. Um, you're somebody I've always admired in the media. You, you speak very, very well. Um, listen, I come from a wee bit of background, but myself, I come from a, a very long line and proud um, family of with a connection to Dumfries and both the club. Listen, my great grandfather um, helped found the club and um, laid, a, laid a foundation and, and, and found the club. Played in our second ever game and went on to make 59 appearances. So to hear somebody speak so eloquently, so passionately. Um, about with a with a real driving commitment, you know, and what you want to do for the club is really really refreshing. And obviously, personally, and speaking on behalf of the family as well, it's a it's something that, that, that we take we're very very grateful for. So first of all, thank you very much for that. Oh, cheers, and, Robbie. Uh, yeah, just um, just, to, just to welcome you to the to the, to the club. You enjoying it so far, Marvin? D? Well, you had the game last night, of course. Yeah. How was that? Uh, no, cup. it was good. It was good. Um, you know, there's some good performances in there. Um, made a couple of changes, as Robbie would have known from from the weekend, to give a couple of boys an opportunity. You know, I always said when I go into a football club, it's how you train. Um, you get an opportunity to play, and those boys trained really well on the Sunday, so they were given the opportunity in the game on the Tuesday, and they, and they both took it for me. So, yes, it's early days. Um, a couple of sleepless nights though, so far. And watching a lot of games, but you know, hopefully we can go from strength to strength. Was it a penalty shootout? It was, yeah. So it was straight to penalties after ninety minutes. Oh, and it, well, I hope you gave it the big, you know, crouching down, not looking, can't look, too no, tense. I, Day I, one I, in the job, <laughs> challenge cup. <laughs> I was chilled. I was actually chilled. I had full confidence in the boys. You know, even after we missed one, I, I thought we'd go on to win it. Maybe he's in his first week. He's in a semi final. I know, honestly. Well, Already, I, honestly, he's swept at the Already right time. In a semi final. <laughs> a vulture. That's a nice, that's a nice opportunity, though, isn't it, to yeah. go and try and. and Listen, silverware doesn't come yeah. out too often No exactly um, So that, that was the important thing Was you know to win yesterday's game And go through And then kind of park that Until we play Hamilton next And then you know, go to Montrose game on Saturday You know we need to try and start mm. Climbing the league very quickly And you know that hopefully will start on Saturday It's a bit of a cliche question But I'll go for it anyway Because I, I think It's important to try and Gauge how you, you approach this Are you the type that looks at Managers you've worked under Take a bit from each Try and be your own guy That's That's kind of what you always hear Who were the are the ones that spring to mind when, when when you do look at what you might take into your career? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Howe is the main one, you know, and someone I'm still in contact with now um, who acts almost like a mentor. So he'll be the main one that I'll take some stuff from. But as you said, it's, it's the most important thing is I am my own guy. You know, I can't go and try and copy Sean Dyche or Eddie Howe or say Neil Lennon and what they do because I aim to be better than them. You know, that, that that's the long and short of it. I want to be better than them. So if I copy them, I'm never going to be better than them. I have to be my own man and come up with my own style. And, and of course, I'll take little bits from different managers, um, good bits, and also I've worked under some managers that haven't been quite so great, and I'll you know take the the lessons from what great, they who did. Who are they? Go on, they <laughs> literally, literally live and mess up. The, the five I had at Leighton Orient in one season. You know that was an interesting time. So yeah, I'll, I'll be my own man. Just a curiosity on, on Eddie, how is the is the Queen of the South budget similar to Newcastle? Or, <laughs> no, it? but he, he's offered to to send some players my way. So he said, oh, "Who do you want?" I said, "Set Maximum and Joel Linton." So I'm waiting for him to turn up tomorrow at training. There you are, Robbie, an exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, um, listen, just to ask Marvin a couple of questions on the transfer front of the past, okay, God? Of course. Yeah, Marvin, um, look, I, I don't think there's any surprise to, to, 
that you're probably aware of that we've got a couple of players that are really kind of maybe get their head above the parapet in League One at the moment in Lewis Gibson and Rudy Payton um, there, there's been offers touted for uh, for Rudy from Premiership um, you know clubs are you, are you aware of that and are you looking to, to hold on to what assets we've got like Sir Rudy, Lewis Gibson Lee Conley and Calvin McGrory and are you looking to obviously bolster the squad and is there any work um, went on to that already Yeah obviously you know you want to keep hold of your best players but you know, there has to come a point that if a certain kind of value is hit, then then you allow them to move on. We want to be known as a club, as I said earlier on the show, that, you know, brings in young players, gives them the opportunity to play and then sells them on for a profit. You know, that's how we become sustainable. Um, but so far, no, as far as I know, there's been no bids for, for any of the four you mentioned. Um, they've all done extremely well. Obviously, uh, Lewis played again last night and was excellent for a 17-year-old kid. I was saying to Simon and, and Gordon, you know, I've not it's seen that, any that's better. previous manager, Willie Gibson's son, son isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they, pl- they, they, they played, played together. The, the, the same game yeah. together. So Amazing. he's been excellent. Um, but yeah, on the transfer front, we will have some movement. We will be bringing some players in um, just to, you know, kind of freshen the squad up and, and help them along the way. Yeah, so he's not going to like, he's not going to like sabotage things because you've taken his dad's no, job no. or in. Right, okay. No. Just, just check it. <laughs> just stir up a bit of drama. Um, um, yeah, is it, is it already at that stage? You come in in January. Can you are you looking to try and do incomings as well? Yeah, uh, you know we've got twenty six players at this moment in time. You know a few of them are young boys, which is an awful lot and makes things you know tough at training. Um, but we're getting through with it. Um, we're definitely going to bring some players in because, as I said, we want to freshen things up. And then it's about people fighting to stay at the football club because you know some will go out on loan, some may leave on a permanent. But um, you know we want to get a strong team out there on a Saturday. And you know some of the boys as I said who played yesterday did themselves no harm. Uh, Robbie, the only thing you have to promise, because that was really nice, really polite, really complimentary. If it if it does go wrong, and we hope it doesn't, you need to come on here and give them a bit of stick, okay? <laughs> I can't do that professionally, Gordon. Listen, I'm somebody who wants to be in, in, in a similar position to you there at the moment. So no, when I phone in, I've, I've got my professional head on. Certainly, maybe, maybe maybe on Twitter, I'm not too sure, but. If Marvin's on the show on on the regular, I might phone in and um, and just give him a bit of a piece of my mind. You can replace Gordon. Yeah, listen. To it, I'm more, more, listen, if I have to watch many more videos of Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson lifting weights, I might chuck it. So, Robbie, you're more than welcome. But it is in the job description that you need to give Marvin Bartley stick. So, we'll need to work on that. Thank you, Robbie from uh, Mount Florida. Our first, that's got to be our first Queen of the South fan. That, what a lovely that man. I can, I can remember. Um, I must admit. So, thanks again to you. Would say that though. No, he was just blowing man. smoke up your, you know what? So, what so. Are wishes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Is there anyone out there who wants to slaughter Marvin? <laughs> that, that would be the decision. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My mum will call that. That would be that would be better uh, if you could. It's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, or it is Twitter at Clyde SSB. So do. Uh, get in touch with us. Um, I suppose Simon, we've like it's. It's a touch early. We're getting there Wednesday night, but it's it's League Cup semi final weekend. You know, we've been maybe distracted a bit by transfer speculation. <clears throat> but I always think it gets a bit serious here because I, I always love the fact that we take our League Cup seriously. It for for Glasgow's big two, it can become part of a treble. Last year it was Ange Postecoglou's first yes. trophy. It could be Michael Beals. Yep. Then you've got obviously Kilmarnock and Aberdeen who are looking for that real history making um, occasion. So. It's a big weekend we've got just approaching. It certainly is. Uh, another exciting one. As you say, it's the first silverware that you can win out with this man over here going for the challenge. <laughs> obviously now, but no, I think both ties will be tight. I, I covered the Celtic game at the weekend and they weren't quite at it or at their best in the first half. Kilmarnock made it difficult for them. You need to kind of credit Kilmarnock for that. They got the goals at the right time. Celtic in the game, one just before half time, one just after. It kind of eased the pressure a little bit. They went on to finish quite strongly. Rangers-Aberdeen on the Sunday will be close. 
But if you're wanting predictions, I think it will be the big final. Um, sorry to open all the wounds. When you got to the League Cup final with Livy, remind, what was, remind me of the picture in the semis. Uh, we beat St Mirren. And I don't know who played on the other side, if I'm perfectly honest. Well, who they yeah, beat. Yeah, so Celtic, Celtic and Rangers both out by that point, I think, is yeah. what I was, what I was getting at. Rangers were didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Xander kind yeah. of... Oh, yeah. And that was, that, that was before the, and Celtic yeah. had gone out as well. Yeah, I think, I think they had. But What are you saying? Basically, we had an easy route because no, Celtic not, and Rangers... No, not far from it. Just, just to sort of... <laughs> bring you back up because I was crying in the final. Just, no, yes. What is the point? Okay, that's the point behind this. It was the fact <laughs> that you played right wing back or left wing back or whatever it was that I really wanted to discuss. Oh, that was a bad time. Just in terms of that... You know the Kilmarnock Aberdeen we we touched on it briefly last night. Does this week become about trying to f- believe ultimately? You know, find that really instill it this week if you can. However that that works. Yeah, it's it's down to you kind of like say obviously a big ninety minutes, and I think that's what Derek could be saying. As Simon said, they got relatively close to Celtic in the last game. So we'll say, listen, if we can just improve these two things and. You know, we might go on to win the game, and both of them have to believe. What's the point in turning up to a semi final and not believing? You know, anything can happen. We've seen Celtic and Rangers knocked out before. Is it likely? No. You know, I agree with Simon. It'll probably be a Rangers and Celtic final. Um, but those two teams have to believe, and as I said, stranger things have happened, and that's what they'll be trying to instill this week. Come on then, 0141 951 1025. Still time left to get your calls in. We'll speak to you next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part then with Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly There's still probably time to squeeze a call in 0141-951-1025 Or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB We spent a lot of the night talking uh, transfers based around the fact that it's been a bit quiet for, for Glasgow's Big Two and when are we expecting movement? Well I'll tell you who is busy or who has been busy and that is Hearts because they've already got some in the door and they are looking to do even more as well. We've been speaking to Robbie Nielsen today. He's confirmed that they have agreed to sign Garan Quall on loan from Newcastle. Just the paperwork to be sorted. You'll have seen him play at the World Cup for Australia. Robbie Nielsen also excited by what new Japanese signing Yutaro Oda is capable of. He's played with the Japanese 21s. He's played the top flight over there. Um, very quick, very direct, good feet, good finisher. So a lot of attributes that we look at in a player. Um, he's not played since the end of November, so fitness-wise, we need to develop that. So it'll be a kind of gradual process to get him, you know, into the first team. In terms of a couple of other players you've been linked with, uh, Garang and Callum Patterson, any developments there? No, nothing at the moment. You know, nothing at the moment. Obviously, Garang, with something that we've, both clubs have agreed, and uh, we're just on the paperwork at the moment to try and get that done, but. Yeah, other than that, there's nothing. Could that be done by Friday? No idea, to be honest. We just need to wait and see. It'd be great if we could, but we need to wait. How many more are you going to get in? Or uh, hope to try and get in? No, not, not too many. You know, it's about playing good quality, and I think the ones that we've brought in so far, the, the two are real quality players will add to us. They're making moves, Marvin. I know you've got your allegiance in Edinburgh, but the, the Maroon side is going for it in this window. Yeah, they're getting extremely strong. Um, I remember we played against Hearts, and, and Robbie was saying, I think they're going a bit of a sticky patch at the time. He said, as long as we can get to Christmas and be in and around the top six, you know, we've got the money obviously from Europe that we'll, we'll go and spend and, and improve the squad and, you know, lo and behold, get to January and they're, they're kind of third in the league. Um, I'm really liking what Robbie's doing at Hearts, you know, it's kind of taking off my kind of Hibs glasses. I think he's been brilliant for them. I know he came under a bit of stick in the championship, but I think they play football in the right way. They're always exciting. Um, you know, he goes out to try and attack and, you know, long may it continue because, you know, he's a really good guy with a good coaching staff and, as I said, they've got a lot of good players there. Um, yeah, I mean, Simon, they're all rate, as Marvin says, if 
if parts of the opening half of the season are considered sticky and they've had their injury yeah. problems and it wasn't a great run, they're still looking good in third, not by any means secure, but looking good. So if you can then strengthen here and, and really kick on, is that the aim, clearly, yeah. for Hearts? Definitely. And I think you talk about any team in recruitment and he looks as if he's been a wee bit creative going into uh, the, the Japanese lad coming in. And you're right, they're sitting in third. That's probably their target at the start of the season to, to hit third place. They're not a million miles ahead of Aberdeen. They've got a game in hand. But yeah, you're right, they'll be looking to kick on now. They had a good result against Hibs. And yeah, if they can get one or two in, you know, they've already got a strong squad. Uh, and keep players, because I know there's a wee bit of interest yeah. in talking about the likes of Shankland, their captain. Mm-hmm. If they can keep them mm-hmm. and, and add to it, then you would expect them to be looking at third. Peak Scottish football this I've seen all sorts of Twitter um, Not so much argument Probably a lot of it's tongue in cheek Where you know Hearts have signed A Japanese player And then there'll be suggestions That oh, everyone's just copying Celtic And then yeah. other people are pointing Oh no, no, no We signed a Japanese player Back before Celtic ever did And around and round we go I never I'm quite sure of how serious it all is <laughs> But um, Look clearly There there are clubs looking to utilise That market Marvin Whoever idea it was First Fine um, because I noticed tonight that uh, Motherwell are also said to be closing in on Riku Danzaki as well. I think he's been playing in Australia, but he, mm-hmm. he is a Japanese player. Um, so again, another club looking to go outside the box a bit. Yeah, I think you have to now. You have to be creative with it, and you know, and in recent times has obviously used the J League. Um, people have seen the success of the players that he's brought in, and you know, why would you not do the same? You know, if the players are adapting as quickly as the Celtic ones are, you'd be like, right, that's the market we need to look into. You probably get a bit more value for money. And that will probably change in a couple of years if clubs keep going over to the J-League and, and, and getting players. Um, but, you know, it makes perfect sense. And like you say, now Motherwell are trying to do it as well. So you're, everyone's trying to unearth a star. And, you know, as I said, in recent times, I don't know who was doing it before, but in recent times, it's been Celtic who led the way in that. Mm. Uh, producer Callum, do you have fond memories of Dundee United dipping into the Japanese market? He's shaking his head furiously. I remember. Yeah, didn't, I didn't go great, did it? No, it didn't, but... He looks haunted. Yeah. He looks absolutely haunted. <laughs> I don't know what you've done to him. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing it all back. Um, but it goes without saying, I can, whether I'm speaking personally or professionally here, um, Simon, at the game at, at Fir Park at the weekend, and they certainly need reinforcements. They do. I watched the game. I th- I, I, Hibs scored at the right time yeah. in game. Just, you know, his mother were kind of looking to get back into it. There's a bit. Very, very clinical with his finishes. Uh, but again, you guys are at home and you need to improve your your home form. Big game at the weekend. Big, big game at the weekend with Ross County. Again, it's at Fir Park. So, yeah, I know Stevie Hamill uh, really well. He, he, he seemed to get a tune out of Muddle when he first went in, but recently just struggling a wee bit. So, as I say, it's a big one for them against Ross County. The two teams, I'm looking at the form, both teams not really setting the place on fire so a big game at the weekend for both clubs I think traditionally Ross County if they got themselves in bother they, they would get the checkbook out in January I feel like that maybe has slowed a bit in, in recent seasons so it would be interesting to see what, what the response is and, and how big a part signings do play in the battle at the bottom Yeah I think their owners said at Ross County that they want to become sustainable I think every club's saying that you know with obviously the recent stuff with Covid and a lot of clubs lost a lot of money 
Um, but no, that will be an interesting game. And, you know, we played against Stevie Hamill's Motherwell um, when he first went in and they beat us 1-0. And some of the football they were playing was brilliant. You know, I know Graham Alexander uh, very well, but towards the end of his kind of tenure, it seemed a lot direct balls, etc. And Stevie had changed the style. But like you said, they've come a bit stuck now. And that is a massive, massive game in three days' time because that's a game going into it. Both managers will think they can win. Both squads will think the same. But I just fear that, you know, there was a few boos around Motherwell, um, you know, after that Hibernian game. And I said to lose at home to Ross County, I don't think it would be a very pleasant place to be because the fans want better. You know, some very, very good football players there. Mm. And they're just not helping the manager out at this moment in time. You know, it's not always down to the manager. Sometimes the players aren't just turning up. Yeah, massive games in the bottom six. Hibs Dundee United as well at the weekend. We do have a bit of time, though. It's, of course, only Wednesday evening. So we'll give them our full attention as it, it draws closer. I suppose on, on Hearts, if we're talking about themes here, um, they clearly fancy uh, an Australian contingent because it's worked well so far. They had a few representatives uh, at the World Cup. And, you know, I suppose that... Do, do you see the benefits of, of what that can do? I don't know for sure. I'm not saying Garan Quall wouldn't have signed for Hearts if there mm-hmm. weren't other Australian players there, but it can't, it can't do any harm. It must help. Oh, it helps for sure. You know, if a player can come somewhere and settle in, then, you know, th- th- it makes it a lot, lot easier for them. And... You know, I've watched a bit of Australian football, obviously, with Jason Cummins playing out there, but also, you know, Charlie Austin, one of my friends, was out there before coming back. And, you know, Cool was at Central Coast Marinas with, with, with Jason. Um, he's a very, very direct. You know, I'm excited to see what he brings to the Scottish League. Um, you know, he likes to be in 1v1 situations. And, you know, obviously, Hart stole kind of a march on other clubs to bring him in. So, you know, it'd be very interesting to see how he settles here. It's not often that I would ever um, give any attention to English Championship transfer rumour and speculation, but this has made me laugh because you always get the, um, that sort of cynical take. You know, people say, oh, my, my phone's listening to me or my, my laptop's listening to me and then it just <laughs> brings things up. I need to be honest, right? So they get, we were talking during the break, weren't we, about our old pal on the show. We're talking about Alex Ray. Yes. Right? We were, I, can't even, I can't even remember why. But we're talking about the job that they're doing at Reading and so on. And we said, oh, did you see that clip? Did you see Jordan Hugel of Norwich, who's a big old lad? And they, they had a little set to on the touchline, and so Alex, Alex yeah. was given him. See, as soon as we had that conversation, I refreshed Twitter, and it turns out Jordan Hugel going to Reading. is apparently going to Reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you imagine Alex Ray's face when they walk in? Maybe that's what it was about. Yeah. Maybe you're saying, oh, what, yeah, money. Yeah. Why haven't you, yeah. you signed a contract yet? What's going on here? Yeah. I'd like to be a fly in the wall. That would be amazing. <laughs> you can take the boy out of Denison and all that. <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be good fun. Right. Uh, we're almost there. We're in Troz at the weekend. Yeah. I've had an idea, producer Callum. I think we need to send someone to cover Montrose, Queen of the South. Things we would never do before. Send Callum. Why not? Why are you saying no? He's above that. Wow. Just about the big teams. But could maybe we could. Yeah. Simon, what are you doing? <laughs> I think Simon will. He's got a sore knee. He's probably his knee. I'm so worried about it. Celtic Kilmarnock <laughs> doesn't kick off till half five. Yeah. You could go for the first hour. Yeah. And no. then come back down. Petrol, come up on the coach. Petrol money. We'll take you on the coach You can walk back You said you like to do walking You and Gordon Give it the big Get the mails in <laughs> Anyway right, We'll keep an eye on it We'll okay. keep an eye Congratulations again All the best Simon Donnelly Thank you uh, for joining us As always The biggest thanks Does go to you Enjoyed that tonight um, Thanks for keeping us company On the phones On Twitter And by just listening along We will be back tomorrow uh, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL The, the big post-operation analysis I'm sure you all can't wait uh, So we'll be back tomorrow With those two at six o'clock, we're probably going to have to arrange transport for him, which will be even worse. But there we are. Callum Gallagher's up next. Have a good night. Speak to you at six tomorrow.